Jackie. I'm 51 and I live in San Diego, California. I'm 5'2". I'm Kelsey. I'm 31 and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm 6'4". Even though we have some gaps, we've been best friends through it all. Thanks for joining us on The Friend Gap. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Friend Gap today. We are so excited to be here and we have a great episode ahead and we'll get more into that in just a second. But first, Kels, how you doing? How was your week last week? I am doing great. Um, last week, my parents were in town. They just they just left this last weekend. Oh. And now, and my sister was here and my other sister came and it was a whole deal and it was super fun. And now we actually have a friend in town that's helping us do a remodel. So we are just crazy busy but we're having a ton of fun what's up with you that's awesome good um we got back from utah we spent um the last week in utah uh, and it was awesome it was fun being with family and seeing a few friends and being with colton and morgan and that's always fun and now we're back home and i'm heading into finals week so a lot of study and cranking down on getting those done this week so well, everything's awesome. great. Good luck. Yeah. Keep us posted. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Let's jump into okay. our question today. Um, this one came in through our Google form. So we're not sure who asked this, but here's our question. What if you've fallen out with one friend in a trio or a group of friends? How do you not gossip when you have to change the environment without gossiping? Mm-hmm. So tough. sounds like they're in this group of friends. They're having mm-hmm. beef with one of them. They don't want to gossip, but they need to change the environment with that whole group. Right. That's a yeah. tough one. That is hard. I think, um, well, gossiping in the whole concept of itself is not good. But I think if you're in that group and that you've fallen out with the one, and I don't know if they're still part of the group and she's just there, probably not. But I think at that point, that's where you change the subject, right? You're trying so hard just to not talk about it and maybe just change the subject. Or maybe it needs, the dynamic needs to kind of change around um, that group. And yeah, you don't want to get yourself into that situation where you're gossiping because that can just lead to a whole lot of other problems. Yeah. I think if it's a situation where that person is still in the group, like you're all still in the same group, I think you need to establish if whether or not being a part of that group is worth being around that one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer to that might be yes and it might be no. And that's kind of some self-reflection that you need to do. Um, I just barely had a debilitating fear come over me that what if I'm the person that they're referring to? (laughs) This would be quite the way to tell me that you have beef with me. (laughs) Like one of your friends is listening and being like, you know, Kelsey kind of ticked me off. What if I hate? I don't want to talk about her. Right? What if I hate Kelsey? But I, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move. I didn't even think about that. That's horrible now. Yeah, I hope. What if it was me? I know. (laughs) Welcome, (laughs) welcome to the terrifying, debilitating fear that I'm currently experiencing inside my brain. All right. Um, So yeah, I think there needs to be some self-reflection on whether or not this friendship group means enough for you to spend time with somebody that you're struggling with. 
Um, also right. in, in that assessment comes, are you just struggling for a minute or is this like a hard fallout? We're never going to speak to him again. Like what's the situation here? Um, right. and as far as like, if you do choose to separate, um, yeah, I think what you said is exactly right. You just change the subject and you just, you know, if they ask, I think it's just, you know, like we had a differences of, of opinion about something and we're kind of right. trying to work out through that, but that's definitely between us and you just kind of, you know, we're not, I don't, I don't feel comfortable talking about that without her present. I think that right. gives her a lot of respect, but still allows you to address that. Like, yeah, we're having some problems and we're going to move on. Right. And is this like a, a the isolated incident or is it a toxic friendship? Is it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of what, what is it all about? Is it something that I love your response of, Hey, we're trying to work through it. Okay. So then step away from the group and you and that friend see if you can work it out to make it to where you can be in that group or in that trio. And if you can't, then you're right. Evaluate. Do I need to step away from that group of friends Mm -hmm. and allow, you know, either time for healing or is it an ongoing like other issues as well, rather than just one isolated incident? Yeah. And I think if you're in a group of friends, this is something that I've actually been working on doing a lot more lately is spending time with smaller groups or just one-on-one. Um, this isn't a bad thing. It helps you develop that personal relationship with that one person or that one mm-hmm. couple, um, instead of feeling like you have to invite the whole crew. Um, right. be careful doing this because this is something that can, you know, feelings can kind of get hurt. So try to spread and spread the love, make sure you're, you know, still being respectful and, and just, call it what it is, bring it to face value, you know, Hey, we just, we want to spend time kind of individually too, or or different things like that. It's okay to want to spend time in smaller groups instead of inviting, you know, the 15 people that your group usually is or whatever. Right. And it's okay that if you're recognizing some behaviors and some treatment that don't ring true to you that are damaging to your own personal worth and your own feelings for you to step away. Mm -hmm. It's really great to recognize, Hey, we had a falling out and maybe it's just that you just don't mesh and that is okay. Don't put yourself in a situation because it's a group friendship. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to have a hard time every time you're with these friends. You know, maybe it is okay for you to step away and I mean, I think that our self-worth and our feeling good about ourselves is so much more important than being in a group of friends that's not serving you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really something, too, that you can look at. Yeah. And if that's the choice you make to step away from a group of friends, go listen to our episode about making new friends. Yeah. Reach out. Let's talk about it. We can help you feel like you still have a tribe and have people that you can turn to, even though you're kind of in a transition period. Mm -hmm. And if that's how it turns out, I'm sorry. I know that's hard. It is hard. And gossiping can turn into really nasty talk. And I don't think that anybody likes to be, especially when it has personal meaning, you know, try to separate yourself from away from the gossip. I think in any situation, it doesn't, it doesn't help the other it just doesn't help it's not a good thing yeah okay that was awesome 
Loved that question. I love that. Thank you for submitting. Awesome. Please continue to do that. We, we love it. Yeah, we love to hear from you guys. All right, we're going to jump into our episode. So our topic today is going to be continued next week when we talk to Jackie's kids, but we're going to talk today about being friends with your adult children. So we're Yay. really, really excited to welcome Karen Glover, my mom. <gasps> Hi, Karen. We love Karen. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to have Karen today. Hi, it's so good to be here. It's the best. Yay. It is the best. We love our Karen. She's awesome. I, 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 I love you, Jack. I know. That's honestly I, I, one of the best parts is that I feel like my mom's friends with my friends. And Jackie loves my mom. And it's just the greatest. That's awesome. Yes, it is. Okay, Mom. So tell us about yourself. Well, I am... Um, closer in age to Jackie than I am to you, <laughs> wow, which, is, wow. which is just the really <laughs> odd thing about this whole friendship thing. Um, <laughs> and um, so I, I won't tell you how old I am, but Kelsey is my youngest and uh, I have five kids and five wonderful in-law kids, bonus kids as my sister-in-law calls them, and then 15 wonderful, amazing grandchildren. And um, we live in Boise, Idaho. Uh, that's where Kelsey grew up. And um, we're just, we love to travel. And because we love to travel, we get to go see our kids who most of them live all over the United States. I only have one child that lives in Boise. So they're all over the place. And as much awesome. as sad as that makes her sometimes, we, we joke that, Mom, we're just giving you the opportunity to travel all over the United States. <laughs> well, and quite honestly, I don't want any of my kids to move from where they're at because I love coming to visit and I've gotten to know the communities and and everything. And it's it's I I don't want to. I don't want my kids to move ever because I love where I love coming to visit where they live. Yeah. Okay, so um, today we're going to talk a little bit about having relationships with your adult kids. We touched on this with Colton and kind of their relationship with me as um, they are older and out of the home. So Karen, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Tell us about your kids. Um, now do I give names? I can give um, names, right? I haven't asked them. I need to ask them first. So just say, say I have a daughter, Natalie. Okay. And so I can clip Natalie out if she doesn't want to be in it. Okay. Uh, my oldest is a son, Ben. He's the one that lives in Boise, Idaho. And uh, he has a wonderful, beautiful, amazing wife that I consider to be one of my daughters. And they have five children. Then I have my next is a is a daughter. Her name is Candy. They live in Montgomery, Alabama, and they have three kids. And uh, she's a she's married to just one of the funniest people I you will ever meet in your whole life. And um, and I'll I'll get into more of those kind of relationships later. But like I say, they have three kids, and our third daughter is Amy. That's what we've always called her. Her given name is Amora. 
she's married to a great guy that and they moved up there for his job um, a couple of years ago now and they have two beautiful little boys that are just so much fun and we just got to spend a, a long weekend with them a little while ago they can't they're close enough they can come in and pop in and visit and that's a lot of fun um, and then our next daughter is Natalie she lives in the Fort Worth area in Texas and they've moved down there gosh it's probably getting coming on three years now for them she's married to a, a great guy who um, has to go into Mexico a lot for his job so that's what's moved there moved them to Texas um, they have three beautiful kids two girls and a boy and they really keep busy with those kids um, and then there's Kelsey who lives here in the Shelby Charlotte North Carolina area with her wonderful amazing husband and um, two sweet sweet boys so that's and then my husband Ken uh, we met in the Boise area uh, he came from a family of five boys. I came from a family of five siblings, one boy, and there were four girls. And um, he grew up in the Kanab, Utah area. I grew up in the Rexburg, Idaho area. Um, both ended up in Boise, and um, the rest is, is history. We're both retired now and empty nesters, and I can tell you that really truly is the best time of life <laughs> that's awesome thanks so much we love that's it so fun that is fun okay i love i love that introduction i love to hear you talk about all of us um okay so you've always expressed to me that your kids are your best friends that's a phrase that you'll often hear my mom say my kids are my best friends is it hard to balance being a parent and a friend well, um, I don't know if it's a balance as much as it's what hat I'm wearing at the time. Hmm. Um, there are times when I still need to be a parent, and that is more in the role of instead of telling you what to do, supporting you in um, whatever you're going through, listening, um, offering advice. Um, but then there are the times that you can just have fun with an adult person that just happens to be your child and you can find things you have in common and and um and yeah i would just as soon be with my adult kids than i mean i've got great friends for sure that i love being with but my preference is to be with my adult kids i i just love being with them balancing it um like I say, it's 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 more of a wear, what what hat I'm wearing at the time, you know. We come out here and we just play, and, and it's more like we're just hanging out with our friends um, until there's a question come up and you need parental, you know, advice or something or you know something you would need from a parent, um, whatever that might be. Yeah, I love that, and I think it's good that we all know that you have that balance. Um, because we know that we can have fun, but there's never a question that we know who to turn to when things get real and things get hard because they do. And you've established yourself as someone who we can go to and we trust, but also we don't feel like 
every time we're around you, we're going to be treated like a child. No, because you're not children anymore. Yeah. You're not, you're not those people anymore. <laughs> That's right. I'm a full grown adult. <laughs> Who would have thought that would ever happen? I'd, I'd, I'd maybe like a do over on d- deciding to be an adult. I don't feel like, I feel like there was a bait and switch on the sales pitch of growing up. <laughs> that's awesome i'd like to like go that. go back to Netflix. it's gonna happen whether you like it or not <laughs> Ugh, that's right gross so karen i have a question for you did you feel like your mom and dad were also good at that balance did you have good examples in them or what was that situation like you know um my dad passed away when i was um like 23 so I really didn't have the chance to experience that with him. Um, my mom, um, we kind of went through a lot of different uh, scenarios there. She she really was a great example of being a, a parent to an adult child. Because I went through a, um, an especially rough time that I knew I needed to just go through on my own. And she allowed that to happen where I think she wanted to just step in and take over and make everything right. But she allowed me to make the choices that I needed to make and work on my own time frame. But yet mm-hmm. she was still there supporting and loving and, and just, and just always there, there for me. So she was a great example of how to be that parent of some uh, to an adult child when they're go- when they're going through hard things you know because you can't just say you got to just stop doing that like you right. would a 13 year old mm-hmm. because you you can't tell that your adult children they've got their own they they can't you just can't do that but she really allowed me to do it and then um and then yeah we enjoyed just spending time together um, I used to love it when she would come over from Rexburg and, and come and visit and, um, and stay with us and just, just, just spend time. And that was, that was a special time. Then it got to the point where she was, before she passed away, where we kind of had to be the caregivers for her. Mm-hmm. So it kind of almost, um, the tables are turned and I'm, you're taking care of your adult parent where you're, um, you're kind of having to say, no, mom, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't do that, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and kind of raising them when they're, when they're not able to, to do things on their own. Um, but that still is very precious time. I have very precious memories of the time that mom and I had alone in those last few months of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're precious and they're sacred and awesome. nothing that I would ever, ever give up and, um, or, or trade for anything, you know, even though yeah. it was a hard time, it was a good, it was a good time. I love that. I love hearing about grandma. I know that, um, I've, I've obviously heard more about your relationship with her and the ups and downs and. Um, and I think you've always been a really great 
example of sharing the good and the bad in your life. Um, and I know that you value her relationship so much and you've learned so much about how she was as a mom and a grandma. And that has made you a great mom and grandma. Mm, thanks. So Karen, do you have any other great example of this in your life? Um, as far as being a parent or a friend to my adult children, yeah, my siblings, um, they, ha they are, they are great. I've got one sister and her, she has, um, a, she has one daughter and two sons. She and her daughter are best friends. They live in the same town. They see each other every day. They do stuff every day. Um, they actually right now are off on a trip together. Um, and, and yeah, so I have, and that, and on my other two sisters are very, very close and, um, you know, really enjoy spending time with their, with their kids. My, my brother is off traveling to his kids that live all across the United States. Um, also Ken's, Ken's family is, is great. And specifically he has a brother that we like to go, we like to go visit his hometown of Kanab a lot and his brother that lives there it's it is the most amazing thing because we will be sitting there in their family room and on any given night every night of the week their kids just come they've got this huge room and they just come That's and awesome. they sit and they talk and they visit and and it is it it is a wonderful example we we don't get to have that because none of our kids live in the same town. All mm -hmm. their kids live in the same town mm -hmm. and they just pop in and the grandkids are grown and they are getting grand, they are getting their own children and they pop in and it's just, it's wonderful. I like to think it's because we've come to visit, mm -hmm. but I know that's not true. <laughs> I know that's not true because I know it happens all the time for them. They yeah. just have an open door policy. And I think that's, I think that's key. Mm -hmm. um, having an open door policy is, is huge, is, is that. huge. Um, always making sure that your kids know that your home is a welcome place and it's a loving place and someplace they can always feel safe and unwanted. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. the thing, feeling wanted. And you can tell when we go to their house, it is, it's so fun. Cause you're just sitting around and half the people are sitting on the floor and, and it's, no one feels obligated to stay longer than they want. And they, they come in and they leave and, and it's just so much fun to spend that time together and to see them as often as they do. I think that's awesome that they've been able to, that they've been able to live that close to each other and maintain such great relationships, I think is pretty pretty incredible because sometimes living close it can get hard um okay so tell us about you like your goal or your vision or, or what your thoughts were in creating this great relationship with us as adults a goal or a vision let me think <laughs> um i uh i don't know if i ever really had a goal to um to have a, a great relationship with my kids. It's, it's just kind of happened. Um, there are a lot of different things you can do at different stages in your life. 
as the kids were growing up, we always made sure that um, our home was not just an open door for them, but for their for their friends too. And so um, it became a safe place for other people. And I, I think that that really helped in our kids knowing that, that mom and dad were okay people to be around. I, can I, can I jump in and ask a follow-up question on that? So I obviously had a a front row seat to this. Can you talk about the letter that you received? I didn't tell you that I was going to talk about this because I didn't really think I would, but um, can you tell us about the letter you received from an old friend of mine from high school? Not even, not even that like close of a friend from high school. Do you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? I do. I do. You want to talk about that letter? You know, yes. We, um, it was a letter that I received just out of the clear blue sky. And it was like, it was just in the last five years, right? Oh, within the last two, two years. Yeah. I would think. Anyway, um, she had an older sister who I worked with in our church organization and they had been visiting. They were talking about people and different things, people in their life. And, and my name came up and they had talked about how, you know, how they, they loved me and they cared about me and how I was, you know, they were just, um, they just felt safe. And it was, it was a letter that she wrote just telling me these things. And you know, it meant so very, very much. I hadn't heard from this gal from since your high since graduation, high yeah. school, since graduation. Ten years. If, if I saw her then, you know, so uh, I mean, friends with her on Facebook, friends with her on Instagram, you know, all these things. I can see what's going on in her life, but a really one-on-one conversation, or even this letter like that, that it was really out of the blue, and it meant so much because um, it kind of validated all the things that we had tried to do with you kids growing up. Um, And I know that there are so many more people you've had, you've had conversations like. So the one other thing I wanted to say about about having a goal or vision is um, when when um, you're gonna make you're gonna make mistakes with your kids. You do it when they're teenagers. You can do it with them as adults. And I got to tell you, that's that's a hard thing to have to to stomach and have to admit to. Um, I have, I have one daughter that I particularly had as she was growing up, had some rough times with, and it finally had to come out when she was an adult. She had enough 
love and respect and desire for our relationship to be good that she came to me and dad, but to me, um, because it was my responsibility, um, and talked about it and said, let's work through this. I took, I, I took total responsibility because it was my, my, my responsibility. It was my doing, it was my, um, weakness, you know, and we did work through that. And now our relationship is beautiful. It's wonderful. So I think that's something you need to realize you can do as an adult parent. Just take ownership of the things that you do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't mean because you made one mistake, you're not going to make another. You're going to do it. Just take ownership for the things that you do wrong. And don't be afraid to say, to come to them and say, hey, I messed up. I messed up here. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Let's work through this. Yeah. Um, I feel like growing up, you were always willing to tell us your experiences, even experiences in your life that were negative and things that you learned from. And you helped us understand how to be better. Um, I think sometimes parents are really worried about being honest with their kids because they want to put on this front of perfection or all of these things. And I've always have really appreciated that you've been able to own your experiences, both that are presently happening, but also help us understand things that you experienced in your past that maybe weren't great and, and helped us learn from that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think some people may sometimes want to feel like if they show their vulnerabilities, that their children won't, um, look up to them anymore or feel like they can, can depend on them or anything. Um, and, and, and that might just be their personality and what they have to go through. But for me, um, I mean, unfortunately you guys got the, the the full brunt of, of everything. Um, but because I think because you saw me go through hard times on my own, then as adults, when you're going through those hard times, you realized this is, this is okay. I can do this. Yeah. This, this, I can go through this hard time. Um, well, and we knew who to turn to. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. I love that. And that's one thing that, um, I just was learning last week in my classes is, um, that example that we are to our kids and not only as little kids, but as they can, you know, start to get it through adolescence and then into adults, they are looking to us as the example. And so, um, that's really great that you were able to be that example to your kids. And you, you talked about, um, my parents, they were wonderful examples in a lot of ways, really positive, good examples, but they had struggles too. Mm -hmm. And so, through a bad example, I have been able to learn what certain limitations I can, I can have mm-hmm. through, through, through a bad example. And my kids have seen bad examples from me so that they can see, oh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to have this problem. And, um, and that's okay. That's taking ownership of mm-hmm. 
the mistakes you make. Yeah, that's right. What age, Karen, do you think or what stage do you feel like the relationship with your kids changed from parent to more friend-like? You know, um, I think it's probably at, at the stage that they left the home mm-hmm. for for good and they and they weren't weren't dependent on us anymore um we're always dependent on you <laughs> well, um maybe monetarily, <laughs> monetarily. wait a, wait a minute been... am i not getting a check still <laughs> no. is how you decided to no. announce that just just to nope. be clear on the podcast i've never gotten a check from my parents as an adult <laughs> Kelsey, you weren't supposed to tell the other kids that you were still getting money from us. <laughs> Suckers. I knew I was the favorite. <laughs> I love no, that. You know, I, I, and maybe, maybe this is a fallacy or maybe this is wrong of me, but um, I always felt like, okay, I'm helping you out with this. I'm helping you with, with monetarily. I got to be able to say, I got to be able to say, give you some cold, hard, you can do this. You can't do this. Right. Um, but at the same time, uh, once you move out and you're on your own, even if you have to come back and say, Hey, I need a loan. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't, um, I don't get to say how you, you're using that money or what you're using it for because you're going to pay me back anyway. I don't know if I'm just kind of rambling here, but I think once they leave the home, then it, then the parenting of really having a say in what they do and is, is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still a parent. Like I said before, you're there to support, you're there to love, you're there to give advice, but the advice is instead of saying you need to do this, it's more like, what do you think about doing it this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they are adults. And you cannot tell them what they can and can't do anymore. Um, I've always loved that one of the ways that you approach that, um, and this just happened recently with me, is um, I have some thoughts about this. Do mm-hmm. you want to hear them? Because sometimes mm-hmm. when, when I might be in crisis mode or struggling with something, sometimes I just want someone to vent to. And so, of course, you want to go to your mom or your best friend or whatever And sometimes you just want someone to listen. Sometimes you want someone to be on your side. And sometimes you want someone to help you fix the problem. And I think it's hard to know. And you've always been really good about saying, I know that this is really hard. I have some thoughts. Do you want to hear those? And sometimes I say, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want to hear them. I just want to be mad right now. And then I'll come back to you and we'll talk about how to fix it. Um, But I think you kind of approaching it that way has always been very respectful of, giving us space to feel what we're feeling, but also letting us know that you're here to talk through and help us solve the problems. Yeah. And that exact um, way of saying things can go back to your episode with your husbands, because there are times (laughs) when that is exactly what I need to say. And I have said it to my husband. Um, I need you to listen to me right now. I don't need you to fix it. I just need to, to let, let this out mm-hmm. and let yeah. this go. I just, I just need the listening ear right now, you know? So. Well, and that relationship with your adult kids will be stronger if you're not being that 
helicopter mom and always jumping in and trying to fix it. And I think that that's kind of like that line of how it is that your relationship is going with them. Are you just, are you trying to be a listening ear and a friend and giving advice when they are truly wanting it? Or are you just always trying to fix it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, it goes back to that example of my mom. Um, when I was going through a hard, I, I needed to be leaving a relationship that was not good. And she let me do it on my own time and didn't just step in and say, you know, take over. She mm-hmm. let me do it on my own way and in my own time. Um, and, and that's, that was that example of, of where you learn that. And then, you know, the, the beauty of adult children and stuff is that it's just so wonderful to be able to just do things with them and, um, enjoy spending time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, every month, uh, my daughter-in-law and I go and get our nails done together. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, you know, I don't have to have her there to get my nails done, but it's a time for us. And we talk, we talk about the kids. We talk about what's going on in our life. We enjoy it. Kelsey and I are going to go run off hopefully sometime this week and have uh, pedicures and just, just spend time together. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, because they, our kids, my kids have come become the people that I can just confide things that I'm struggling with. Um, when I was working, I had one daughter that she'd just call and say, okay, what's going on? And how can I help you with this? And how can I, you know, with certain things in my, in my job. And, you know, that's, that's um, maybe roles are reversed, but that's more what a friend would do than a child would do for a parent, mm-hmm. you right. know, and, and that, and that's, that's a beauty part, beautiful part about it. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So how do you manage to be a great long distance mom and a grandma? Well, I have to give a lot, a lot of credit to my kids that are long distance away from me. Um, technology is huge. We're, I mean, if, if it, if it was back in the days when our oldest kids were go, starting to go to college and we had to pay mm-hmm. for long distance. Now I know a lot of people don't even understand that anymore. Right. It, it would be really, really hard, but technology has made it so that I can see these kids. Um, I will come to, I will call Kelsey and get on the phone, do a FaceTime with her and Judd will grab the phone sometimes and, and he takes off and I call it a walkabout and he just takes the phone and he walks around the house and talks, you know, and so it's, it's, it's huge to be able to do that because you're getting a relationship over the phone and they're telling you things and they're, James called before we came out here to say, that he had this art show and he was so excited that grandma and papa were going to be there for his art <laughs> show. And, and it was wonderful. Um, and so technology really makes a huge difference. Our kids, I give them credit because they have made a, a really valiant effort to come out every year and spend time at our home. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and it's not just with us, but it's with their siblings and their, their kids' cousins. And it's cousin time, and it's a fun time. And our, our grandkids know each other because of that time that they spend at our home. And that's uh, not only a, t- a time sacrifice, but it's a monetarily it's a sacrifice for them to get everybody out there. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. So last year, it didn't work for one of our daughters to come out because she had to get her son to college, and it just didn't work. Um, but a couple of years ago, we came out to Kelsey's and we watched the boys because they went on a cruise with some friends. Huh. Oh, who are, the, who yeah. are those friends again? <laughs> Let me think. Yeah. Hmm. And then Let's when see. they got home, when they got home from that cruise, that I honestly didn't understand why I wasn't on the cruise too. <laughs> because I am and there it is. I am closer in age to some of those people that she is. There it is. Whoops. There it is. Anyway, Dave Dave knows Dave knows my my. Yeah. So Dave took my phone. I was FaceTiming my mom on the cruise, checking in on my kids, and Dave stole my phone and said, Karen, why aren't you on the cruise? <laughs> and my mom has never let me live it down. <laughs> so. I said, I know, Dave. Why? Seriously. <laughs> and then from there, when they got, we all piled in Kelsey's car, we drove to Alabama. The Texas kids drove to Alabama, and we all had Thanksgiving together. Mm-hmm. It was a Thanksgiving that we'll never forget, and I will treasure forever. You know, that was a fun one. Um, and you know, and we look for opportunities to do um, do those kind of things again. So it makes the long distance thing easier. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about you being a great long distance mom and grandma, I have some thoughts about this. Some feelings I want to share. <laughs> so when you come to visit us, you're not on vacation. You're living the life. And you come and you wake up and you you do breakfast routines and all of that with my kids. And you get in the car and you drive to school with us. And, you know, does, does the, you know, half hour it takes me to drop my kids off at school really make a huge difference? Probably not. But you care about what our life is like. And you've always said, I need to see where you're at. When we move for the first time, you always say, I just need to see where you are. And that makes you feel better because when we call you and I say, Oh, I'm on, I'm on my way to pick up Judd from school in your mind, you can visualize where that is because you've gone and done that. And so it it makes it more of a connection. And I think the fact that you're willing to jump in and help with a project or, even if there's not a project, like there's just, you care about living our life. You're not going to sit on the couch and, you know, wait for dinner. You're going to make us dinners and you're going to come and you're, you're going to do it. And you want to see the boys in their sports events and you want to, you just want to do it all. And I think that makes a huge difference. Because we're living it in your home. We're, we're, we're in your home and doing everything. Yeah. Um, and I don't get that with the Boise kids, even though, you know, yeah, they call and they say, hey, can you pick the kids up from school? Well, mom and dad just know that that's going to mean a, a trip to Blue Cow, too. Right. You got to go get ice cream <laughs> when grandma picks you up from it's, school. It's just the way it's going to be. If we're picking up the kids, they've got to have ice cream, too. So that's- 
I love that. And I think, um, I think it's helped you have a great relationship because we get such concentrated time when you're here, when you're here, it's just all about us. You're not distracted by work or church responsibilities or any of those things. So it's, I almost think it's an advantage to not live right next to you because when you come, it's just all about us and our time together. Yeah. And I love that. It's wonderful. Okay. So this is a, this is a topic that I'm passionate about and I'm really excited to hear your feedback. So all of your kids are very different in our social endeavors, but we're all very well-rounded. At least I think so. (laughs) How did you encourage your kids, even though we're all different, to have great social skills and to cultivate their friendships with other people? Um, You know, I think um, I grew up in a home where my parents thought, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing to be involved in cheerleading or all these different things that, uh, they, they weren't excited about the extracurricular activities. I, on the other hand, think that that's good. It's a good way to make friends, to be involved in your sports programs, to be involved in, uh, your choir programs. Um, you know, um, most of our girls were very involved in dance. Um, and, um, I think those things are important um, to do. The other thing is um, is that open door. We had an open door at our house, and um, there have been, I mean, multiple, multiple times. I can't even tell you how many times that it has been wall-to-wall people at our house after a ball game, after a um, after some sort of an event, a school event, or something. And we just had a lot of kids in our house and we enjoyed that. Um, one kid came in he looked at me, he says, Karen, I'm hungry. And I just said, <laughs> Tom, you know where the freezer is. And he walked out into the garage, got in the freezer, found him something to fix. And he came in and he fixed it. And they, it, the kids, they, your friends felt safe in our home. Mm-hmm. To the point where we had an operation on the island oh, one day. Oh, yeah. My friend got a really bad sliver in her butt. <laughs> and it was extracted oh, on my kitchen island <laughs> in, in the old house. That's so funny. That was a good, that was a good memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you really encouraged us to be social, um, both by example and just outright encouragement. Um and I've always really appreciated that. I think um, you're being an introvert or extrovert is a spectrum. And, and all of us kids, I would say, are pretty different and maybe express our social feelings in different ways. I'm all about throwing parties. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think you really taught us how to do that. And my one of my biggest takeaways from you as a parent is that and how well, you loved our kids and encouraged us to be social. Yeah. Do you remember the Hall of Fame? The Hall of the, the Fame. Wall. The Fame in the basement? Oh, our, as you're going downstairs? No, wasn't it on those, those bulletin boards in the basement? You had pictures of like all of our friends when they graduated, oh, yes. like you had. Wedding invitations. Yeah, you just, you kept them and you hung them up and like our 
kids, our friends meant something to you. Yes. And we lost, we lost a lot of that. Um, when we had that weenie roast at the house that day. <laughs> <laughs> my my but, house pretty much burnt to the ground, but just, just a weenie <laughs> roast in my mom's eyes. <laughs> That's a little stressful, mom. I'm having, we're we're going to roast weenies with the boys on this trip. I really hope it's good. I know we are. <laughs> um, the, um, the, the, the wonderful thing about doing that is that your friends all of our kids' friends have become our friends. And they that is not just your high school friends. As you have moved to different communities, we have learned, like I, I know and I love Dave and Jackie. Dave and Jackie have come to our home and stayed nights in our home. Um, as as your friends from your, your married years, you know, I... I don't ever want Candy to leave the Montgomery area because her neighbor across the street is a good friend. We exchange Christmas cards. Our circle of friends is is just grown immensely because because of of that, and it's because you're social and we get to we get to benefit because of that. I love that. It's so fun when you get to love our it's friends. It's a beautiful thing. Um, okay, I think we have one last question. Jackie, do you want to ask this question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Karen, do you have anything that you'd like to tell us that is an embarrassing story about Kelsey? It doesn't have to be embarrassing. It can be endearing. It doesn't have to be embarrassing. It can be endearing. <laughs> it can be well, delightful. How much you love me. How, how talented I am. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Make it embarrassing and make it good. Oh, I don't know how far I can go. I mean, oh, I can edit it now. Remember, just one second. First of all, remember, this is a PG-rated podcast. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Um, well, the endearing part about Kelsey is she has all access to my whole world. Um, I depend on Kelsey for a lot of things. I call her and say, I can't, I, I'm struggling Thank with this. Thank you for calling she Karen gets... Sex Support. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's that. true. That's true. Um, it just, it's very nice. I mean, if the, it, you know, when the day comes, when I'm gone, she knows passwords. She knows PIN numbers. She knows how to get in and take care of things. Um, and I take a lot of comfort in that. Um, Until I start transferring funds. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Can I be, can I go back to a, a, mm -hmm. a, a struggle you had in your life? Sure. I'll edit it out if I don't like it. <laughs> when Kelsey was in third grade. Oh, yeah. She, she, um, uh, she knows what's coming. She, um, we didn't realize it, but she was the baby of the family and she had always, always been in the same place with a member of the family. And at, at third grade, her older sister, Natalie had moved on to junior high and all of a sudden she was alone. And, uh, that, uh, struggle and that, uh, 
what we didn't realize is the dependency manif manifested itself in some pretty severe separation anxiety. And, um, and we spent, we spent a year, you know, there were days that she just wouldn't get out of the car. Days the mm -hmm. principal had to come out and get her. Days that I said, I just want you to skip into the building. Just skip because skipping is a happy thing to do and it'll make you happy. Um, and there, there were those days when it just, I gave up and I took her home. One of these days I took her home and I said, you want to be home? You're home. Go to your room. You're in your room all day. You're not going to sit and watch TV with me. You're not going to play. We're not going to play. We're going to, you're in your room. This is, this is the way you want it. You know, playing the tough love parent. She, <laughs> at one point she opened her bedroom door up and she said, I'd like macaroni and cheese for lunch. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, you've got your lunch in your lunch pail. Get back in your room. <laughs> yeah, it was peanut butter and jelly for me that day. <laughs> yeah, she did not try to try that one again. She knew she had to go to school because it wasn't going to be any more fun at home. <laughs> but, um, but the endearing end of that is towards the end of the year because of a, a very wise um, teacher's aide. Um, we, I was letting her out and it was a struggle. There was a lot of kids around at that point, a lot of kids getting dropped off at school. And the teacher aide came up to the door and she said, Kelsey, I need your help with this little boy. He's having a struggle right now. She looked at, Kelsey looked at the teacher's aide. She didn't want to come to school. Yeah. And then she looked over at me. She goes, mom, I have to leave. He needs Aww. my help. She got out of the car and it was finally over Aww. because she was needed. Yeah. And um, anyway, that was at the very end of the year. And I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't we do this sooner? <laughs> so anyway, but once she was needed, she had a purpose and she was able to look beyond herself and her, her struggles. She was needed. And that mother truly appreciated. She came to me later, um, years, a few years later and said, thank you so much for what Kelsey did. And I was like, Oh no, thank you. <laughs> anyway, that was my sweet endearing fun story about Kelsey. Yes. One of them. There's many. I mean, I'm still that person that needs to feel needed and, and that's why I do what I do a lot of times is because I just need to feel like somebody else needs me. Very true. I remember taking a personality test and then getting some results and reading them. And I thought back to that day with that boy in my class and I thought, yep, I've been like that my entire life. <laughs> I'm a two. <laughs> if any of you are Enneagram kids, I'm a, I'm a hard two. Okay. Good Any other thoughts? No, I just, um, it's just been a blessing and a um, great joy in my life to raise the children that I have and now to just be able to interact with them as I'm seeing them become amazing adults. I have learned more things from my kids um, on how to raise kids. I, I just wish I would have known them. <laughs> I wish I would have known the things that they are doing now when I was raising them, because I mm -hmm. think 
they would have turned out so much better <laughs> because I see things that they're doing and I'm like, what a wonderful idea and what a wonderful way to do things. And, and, um, we got all our inspiration from you. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but, um, it's, it's, it's great. And like I say, I, um, appreciate beyond measure the people that I have been able to been blessed to know through them like yourself, Jackie. Mm, um, thank you. Jackie has been a wonderful, wonderful friend to Kelsey. And um, I'm very, very grateful for the times that she has just dropped and been there for Kelsey. It's, it's a blessing in my life. Thanks, Karen. Now we're all crying on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, what wonderful women. And that's, I think that's the awesome thing about friendship and something that I absolutely treasure being friends with Kelsey is knowing Karen and knowing where Kelsey gets so much of her love and, um, and what she brings to the friendship I see in her mom. And so that's, that's a blessing for me. So I think we're all just, we're all getting the loves and we're all getting it. Oh man, it takes a village to raise kids and it takes a village to raise adults. And I just don't think it ever <laughs> ends. Um, I am so grateful to be your daughter and for all the things that you taught me and the way that you continue to love me and support me as an adult and my family. Now we're all just crying and we're just going to wrap this sucker up. Oh God. Thank you, sweetie. I love you. <laughs> I Thanks, Karen, for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for including me. It's It's been fun. This is the highlight of my Tuesdays <laughs> when we're out on our walks and I get to listen to you two and your fun banter back and forth and the things that, the things that go on. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope you enjoyed having my mom on because I sure as heck loved it. Um, make sure that you're following the podcast and leaving us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify. It's just ratings. Um, we're on Instagram at the friend gap and, uh, make sure that you check out the website and you're submitting your anonymous topic requests and questions. Um, we also have one for best friend breakups. So we're going to have a segment, a whole show actually on, um, best friend breakup stories and kind of how you go about that. So, Hop on the website and there'll be a link there to submit those. Thank you all for being here. We love what we're doing and we'll see you next week on The Friend Gap.